Hey everyone, Greg here and welcome to episode number 8 of the Woofin' Porsome podcast. Now this is about the 7th, 8th time that I've tried to record this intro because I'm just so excited around who is joining us for this particular episode that I've just been waffling and waffling and waffling. So I'm not doing that this time. You have got the amazing Steve and Nat who are the masterminds behind an amazing podcast called Barks from the Bookshelf. It's one of my favourites. I'm not going to say any more. Here we go. Let's dive straight in. Hi, guys. Hello. Oh, so we've got Steve and Nat from Barks from the Bookshelf with us. So, yeah, massive hello that I'm totally starstruck. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for, for, for agreeing to come on to this. Uh, as you know, I'm a, a huge fan. Um, and I'm going to try not to gush too much during this podcast. But obviously, I know who you guys are. So, Nat, can, can I come to you first for, for yeah, a bit of a hello and, and who you are? Uh, so I, I'm Nat, Natalie Light. Uh, I uh, live all the way down in Hampshire and I am a, a behaviourist. I've worked in the sector for probably about 15 years now um, and I do a bit of teaching. I've got lots of hats and lots of books. Um, <laughs> that basically sums me and lots of dogs as well. There we go. We'll add the dogs into the mix. Um, so yeah, I run my own did business down here, uh, worked with Steve quite closely as well. Uh, and we are uh, good mates and podcast buddies. I'm definitely going to circle back to a few of those points later in this podcast. <laughs> but let's, let's, Steve, can I hand over to you, mate? Yeah, um, I'm Steve um, and I am uh, a dog trainer. Um, I actually live in Nat's dungeon uh, in her basement uh, and she feeds me on occasion. Um, no, I live, I live very close to Nat in the Southampton area as well. I've been a dog trainer for around, well, I don't, you said you said you've worked in the sector around 15 years. I don't know how long it is for me, Nat, so I'm a few years short of yours. Yeah, so I'm going to say know. 12, 13, I don't know. I normally say 15, but I can't say it now because Nat's already taken it. <laughs> um uh yeah um yeah I, I, i'm a member of the association of pet dog trainers pet professional guild um pet professional network like you well greg well all of us actually he's all throwing all the acronyms out now yeah i'm throwing them out to make me sound yeah. <laughs> you've worked hard for them throw them out there throw them out there. <laughs> afc uh <laughs> wwe yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I am, <laughs> and i am one yeah aa um, I am one uh, one half of uh, the Barts on the Bookshelf podcast, which uh, which I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Fun. So Barks on the Bookshelf. So for those who've not listened to it, well, more for you, but it's amazing. And we'll put all the links and everything as always, guys, in the show notes. But can you tell me what it is to, to those who've never heard of it, wouldn't know what it's about? Can you guys give a little bit of an overview into what, what sparked it and, and why you love doing it so much? Uh, shall I go first, Steve? Yeah, go on. Yeah. Okay, so I love doing it so much because I get to spend some time with my uh, bestie Steve and I get to talk um, a load of rubbish, basically. I mean, we do, we do gossip about things, don't we? It's good fun. Mm. Um, but then we get down to the serious nitty-gritty of talking about um, uh, some of the books that have either moulded our career 
or um, have just come out on the market and we it's not like a, a book review show it's more trying to sift through some of the more uh, technical stuff sometimes because I think you know particularly when you're starting out even if you're um, maybe a new dog owner but a, a reader you know if you really like getting into the nitty-gritty of, of what you're learning about it can be impossible to know where to start because I don't know if you've searched on Amazon for book about dogs <laughs> there's quite a few hundred thousand million books there so um yeah so we basically <laughs> thought well why don't we do the kind of google filter job for some of these people that might want to uh, uh read some books uh to you know um improve their, their handling skills improve their behavior knowledge learn a bit more about just dog training and behavior in general and um the best part is that you know we get to be starstruck and talk to some of these amazing authors that have you know we kind of look up to and um may or may not have had the opportunity to see um speak in person because some of them are on the talk circuit some aren't so it's just it's it's uh hopefully uh, entertaining um but also Definitely. informative <laughs> absolutely uh, yeah and, and and because i know how much you love to, to reminisce about this nat but was the pub where this was spawned the pub yeah the pub uh, <laughs> yeah i i may cry um because do you remember the, uh, pub? the pub is no more it's not fair <laughs> although i have got my own pub did you see my husband there i, I, I did notice you were the service I, I'm, I'm very jealous i was wondering was was he in his pants he was in his pants yeah. <laughs> so enjoy didn't get a screenshot of that one for everyone sorry oh i got um, one don't worry <laughs> <laughs> yeah we um i mean it was a good excuse to just go to the pub we don't need many when it when it's open um but we we just wanted to do something fun didn't we steve so um we i brought lots of books from my my shelves and we thought may, maybe this is a good way to base some conversations because we just like talking about dogs um and yeah hence sparks from the bookshelf was i've probably still got the notebook somewhere with all of the different um oh, I was thinking about that names that we went through <laughs> I was, I was gonna, that was going to be one of my questions guys is, yeah. is what where did the name come from what kind of sparked that little gem of a title i think you came up with it didn't you know i think no i, I think we both I did i think i came up with tales from the bookshelf but spelt t-a-i-l-s and then you yeah. went barks from the bookshelf and then that was it i mean you know it probably took all of two pints for us to come up with that but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but how many pints for the theme tune steve oh do you know what actually there i i uh, it's one of my proudest moments, that is. Uh, it, uh, it's you know, ridiculously addictive. The amount of times I start humming that, kind of walking dogs or wandering around. And then I've, do got, that a, double I've got a special off-the-shelf version of it now as well. So, um, oh, so there's, an, there's, an, there's another version. But I came up with that whilst I was driving. I, don't, I, like, I used to be in a band, and I used to always come up with songs and tunes when I was in motion for some reason. Normally walking, so like the rhythm of walking or something like that that i was thinking about it. it was playing on my mind and i came up with it while i was driving and i had a good sort of 25 minute drive from where i came up to it to where i could actually get park up and get my mobile phone out and record it i was on a motorway you can't pull over um it turns out um and uh yeah uh, so i was humming it for about 25 minutes so i didn't lose the so you can imagine i was bored of it by the end of that 25 minute car journey imagine what people like but yeah so I put down I put down the tune into my phone and um, yeah the rest is history um, yeah the lyrics obviously 
not that hard to come up with. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was really glad. The first person that ever emailed and said that they that they were like they found themselves humming it during the day. I was so happy. It's, it's probably, an earworm. Yeah, I, brought, I, had, I, I had a good, what, 20 odd years being in a band and that's probably the only ever earworm I've come up with. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair, I've even found myself, found myself saying prick my eye lately as well. So <laughs> yeah, there's lots of gems in it, mate, that I think everyone will soon, uh, will soon kind of come accustomed to. My favourite you... is the sister behaviourista theme too, oh, but that, we don't, we don't is... get to use it very much and it's really harsh. So I never know how much I should put it in there. <laughs> Every episode for me, mate. Uh... <laughs> yeah, go for it. I don't <laughs> mind. That mariachi-esque element's fantastic. <laughs> um, I should probably say I'm a, a huge, and that is as well, a huge Adam Buxton fan. Yeah. So um, like a lot of the sort of like the ideas of the jingles and the things like that, I've definitely, I've borrowed, not I haven't borrowed the tunes or anything, but like I love, I love everything he does on his podcast as well. And also the Rutherford and Fry podcast, I don't know if you've ever heard that. The no, Curious no, Cases I've not come across that one. It's like a science-based one that's on Radio 4 where they, basically two scientists that explore, this, this week's one was why tummies rumble. And mm-hmm. I love, I love the way it's put together. I love the production of it. So I, I had a recording studio, um, well, still have all the gear, but I had a recording studio when I was growing up with my mum and dad's my attic room so i've just been into product like music production and things for so long so when it came up to do a podcast i was like ah oh, actually got the skills to do something here so it's you know all of the editing and putting those little bits in i really really enjoy and i'm glad people like it nice. yeah 100 percent, man. i'm definitely glad for it it's, uh, <laughs> but you, you've got history in podcast steve yeah so um i i did the barking mad show for just over a year with uh, jordan shelley and gav muldoon um officially we're on a hiatus so officially that hasn't stopped yet so um how long has yeah. it been now it's been a while <laughs> um, it, it turns out getting us three in a room together is quite difficult it's quite yeah, we're very busy especially mr shelley he's uh, he's a bit of a jet shatter so he's, he's always off around the the globe doing bits and bobs but now he's settled down on his he's got a little farm now so hopefully yeah we might be able to do some stuff in the future but yeah cut my teeth really doing that and again I, I was like the person that just had the skills to put a podcast together. So once once we I met Jordan and everyone and, and gave them the idea, we went on to that. I mean, that went incredibly well. I don't know, like at one point we had 12,000 listeners for that one. Wow. And it absolutely blew my mind. Um, it was really good. I don't, I don't know how that happened. I've got no idea how that happened. Um, but I'm much, I, I prefer things growing slowly on a more grassroots level. It's, it's, it's the thing with podcasts. It's all about well, like like yours, Greg. It's all about sort of word of mouth, and with this thing, with like Barks from the Bookshelf, um, I love that. Like, I got really addicted to looking at the stats. You've probably done the same thing, Greg, with yours. Right? Absolutely. Like, when you first start, it's like every day or every well, let's be honest, thirty times a day, you're looking. Oh my God, another one! Someone else has downloaded it. Someone else has. Oh no, it was me again. I don't understand how these stats work, so I'm like, well, I've listened to it three times. So does that count as three or one? No, I don't no, no. no. I think they're individual downloads. The ones I get, anyway. I, who knows? Anyway, I'm taking it as individual. But it could all be my mum for all I know. I've got no but um, but no, yeah, because I, you've had them from around the world, remember? Because that cool map showed us oh, have you ever done that where you've there. looked on do you, do you go through buzzsprout or something like that great uh, no I, I i use anchor for this but they they do tell you geographically where people are and actually you can look at all the cities 
the, the last the last one I did was the first time I've actually had a, enough of a user base or a listener base to to see uh, where people are from. Um, oh, so, so cool. yeah, when you get international ones, I was yeah, I was a little bit giddy. <laughs> I know, I know. We had someone, I can't remember, I haven't looked for a while, but there was someone like in the Philippines. I was like, oh my God, someone's in. There was a Sao Paulo, wasn't there as well? Oh yeah, Sao Paulo, yeah. yeah. Oh no, it's just amazing. It's really, really nice. It's very humbling. Um, but yeah, it kind of, um, I, I, I've really, really enjoyed the whole process of making podcasts. I really like it. I'm an avid, avid. Like, I was listening to podcasts when, when they first sort of became a thing. I quickly got on board with that. I think mostly because I was a postman, so I was able to have my headphones in my head for the whole, you know, the whole time that I was working. I don't know if that's strictly allowed. Sorry, about that. um, but no, I did. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I've loved it as an art form. The thing I love the most about it is we, we don't answer to anyone. There's no production company. There's no, you know, we, we edit what we want. We keep in what we want. And I think for us, that's really, that's worked really well because me and Nat are great friends. And I, I although I do live in a basement, um, <laughs> <laughs> well and um yeah i, I think the the laugh you know, we, we genuinely have a laugh on our one and it's really really good and i think yeah hopefully that comes across a hundred percent it absolutely does that the that kind of that friendship that vibe the way you bounce off each other is is definitely it's it's one of the big reasons i listen because it, it, it's enjoyable it's just it's not a drone it's it's not a a monotonous kind of like you say it's not a book review in the in the truest sense now it, it really is it's a, it's a wonderful show that does talk about so many different types of dog books um training behavior related um love related so many different kind <laughs> yeah. of uh topics that, that cover on there and the way you guys kind of kind of dissect it i think is, is a really fun way of doing it it's it isn't just a a chapter three says this and chapter nine says that and he's all the, the lists and the references and the articles and mm. um, you have that brilliant way of, of building little segments of the show um i mentioned that the the kind of prick my eye uh, <laughs> the greg wallace moment um oh, yeah. i mean uh, all, uh, all, the, all the components yeah the components yeah. are framed by steve's brilliant uh sing songs basically <laughs> we've got to have a theme tune for everything i think pretty much every episode we go we need a theme tune for this day don't we <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's absolutely, but it, it is it's such a, an innovative and fun way to to take something that i, I personally i'm not a big reader to, to, despite trying to do my level best to get a collection anywhere near the size of nats um <laughs> my, my, my dedicated time to reading is is, is limited but one thing I absolutely love about it is, is it, it fires me up to go and buy a book and read it. That's, oh, that's, that's what brilliant. I actually love. So it's, I've, uh, I can, as I turn away from my book, I can look at my bookshelf and there's at least three books up there that I didn't have prior to listening to your book. Uh, your oh, book that's book. made my day. Yeah, and going out and buying the books because it is, but it, I suppose for me, it's, it might be a really bad analogy, but I suppose if you've ever watched a film and then read the book, yeah, yeah. I kind of have that with the podcast. I kind of read a book and I get to a point that's familiar because it was covered on and I'm like, oh, it's, that, it's that bit. I, I know this, but I know what it's about. And it, and it yeah. kind of, it brings about all the banter and all of the analogies and some of the real world experiences that you guys have shared or that your guests have shared that again, it just, it, it's, it kind of makes it more immersive to read. And for someone like me who isn't a big reader, that, I, I find that really valuable. So they're having that format that you do taking those books and, and going through them and pulling out bits that are relevant to, to so many people and, whether you are a, a bit, of, you know, you're in the in the trade, so to speak, and you're a bit of a dog geek, and you like learning all the theory and all the, the kind of science behind it, or whether you've just got a dog and you want to know more, learn more, or that kind of stuff. It, that that was the bit that for me it was so universal in terms of its appeal. 
um, yeah, I was I was hooked from the first minute, and not just because of the theme tune. <laughs> but that helped, right? That sort of level of how to pitch it was important, and I think we kind of um, we talked about it, but then kind of stumbled across it as we as we. I'm, I'm a big fan of learn by doing, you know, and. And the great thing about podcasts are as well, they're there forever, you know, so, so first episodes can be there forever, right up, right up to the newest episodes. And I, I think trying to, trying to pitch it right is, it's a, it, it's a tricky one um, sometimes, especially if you're talking about books. But for me, one of the reasons, or one of the big reasons to start doing it was to make me a bit more accountable to read. Didn't realise quite how much reading I'd have to do. It's been a struggle. It's been a struggle at times. And actually, Audible has been a godsend for me. I must admit, the ones that have been on. If I let, if we get a guest or think of a book, and then I look on Audible and see it's on there, I'm like, yes, so much. because I can like listen to it when I'm out. Whereas I think that's cheating. You see, yeah, that's, that's got this weird we idea bring, that I'm cheating. We bring different things to yeah. the podcast. Yeah. I bring I bring ear strain. That brings eye strain. <laughs> but yeah i mean i i think the i i love the, the the thing that i really enjoy doing is trying to go through and pick those segments out because i try and pick when we talk about pitching it to people like that maybe dog owners as well we always try so we have a practical application section um we have a why read it pricked my eye and the greg wallace moment is basically wow you know greg wallace is famed for his Wow! wow. That's, yeah, so that's why we call it a Greg Wallace moment. If we ever get, if Greg ever acknowledges us, we do that. I, I did try on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw, but I did try oh, and get him to acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, oh, I, I did. I, I tagged you in it, but I, like I said, I very rarely use Twitter, so yeah, I don't think I was much of an influence to, uh, to get his attention. Oh, but I did try for you. Oh, oh thanks mate yeah that's that would me. that would make our our year i think to get a, a wow we'll keep on the door we'll, we'll get that I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. so we always try and and it's something in the podcast that's like a real practical application something that that anyone could take away and try with their dogs um a lot of the time the things that we're talking about i'm going through myself as well with my own dogs so i think we can we can really help people relate to those things as well um uh, um, yeah some of the some of the books have lent themselves to practical applications a lot easier than others haven't they because some of them are a sort of how-to uh book so it's good i think um you know being a reader i don't look at something like that and get intimidated by it because i know i can you know hammer through it quite quickly but i i I completely appreciate that. that I'm, I'm already people. sweating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, just, I, yeah. it's just going to sit there, isn't it? And you go, oh God, I've, I've read it. Oh my goodness, I've read it. And it's, I, I, I see that as a lot of the things we do with our training as well. You know, I have plans to train my dogs and certain things I want to do. And then I don't, you know, and it's just, hopefully if we can uh, pick out a few, you know, pertinent points that then gives people the, uh impetus or the confidence or you know breaks it down a little bit to to um do a little bit more reading or listening in steve's case um <laughs> then i think we've kind of we've we've done our job really because it's it's easy to just um buy the book and put it on a shelf yeah, one thing definitely. i've noticed about doing it is that it 
every book that we've had, I've, something has gone in my brain. There's one, there's one particular part of it that then I, I might relay on to clients or I might think, oh, that's the thing that I need to do with my dogs or that's yeah. the thing that I'm really enjoying about it. And, it's, and parts of it as well become part of my pattern. I know we, we talked about that earlier on. Like, you know, when I'm doing classes and things like that, suddenly I found myself quoting the books. And so it is going in, which is, which is really good because I'm 42 now and I'm starting to worry that nothing ever goes in. <laughs> so that, that's really, that's really comforting for me. <laughs> I, I, I suppose just touching on a point you mentioned there, so you're kind of the dynamic between the two of you is, is for me, from probably more from a human interest perspective, is really interesting because you are very different in terms of your approach. And, and dare I say, Nat, you're probably certainly the more studious academic oh, kind yeah, of, of the two. How bloody yeah. dare you! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Steve brings a comedy value in the. Uh... <laughs> but no, it's it because like like most things in life if you get two people who are really similar and, and try and have a, a debate or a conversation it 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 just gets a bit flat and a bit the same but the way both in your professional lives you you for all of us a lot of crossover you do very different elements as well different styles of training different types of work and that that resonates hugely in the podcast as well because you do bounce off each other incredibly well and you come at things from different angles with different experiences and i will come back to both of your there is a kind of flagship dogs at the moment in terms of, uh, of drafts and peaches, but yeah. it's, it, it is absolutely amazing. Just as I say that I've just got it on my pin board here. Cause it's uh, it finally hey, arrived. My little uh, Drax Galactic oh, Adventure I'm so pin glad. Board. I'd written it in my diary to ask you about whether it had arrived or not, because I had a right nightmare with all the postage. So it, it does help when I actually send the money to the right place or for the authorities. Rather than to a black hole. It's, uh, but, but it is, I suppose, again, it's for, for kind of a general dog owner, someone who's out there who, whether they read the books or not, to hear people talk about them, but then bring it to life. Because, um, Nat, if I can come to you just to kind mm. of give a little bit of insight into Drax for those who don't follow the page and we yeah. will link to the page because it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. But in, in terms of, can you explain to, to people who Drax is and, and what makes him so special? Yeah, um, he is a very special boy. So um, Drax is a, an Irish wolfhound um, who uh, we adopted, uh, me and my husband, not me and Steve. We don't actually, he doesn't actually. Live <laughs> um, uh, we adopted back in uh, August of last year and he was about 10 months old then. And we don't really know much. He came from a charity called Many Tears um, who are based in Wales and they do a lot of kind of shuttle runs from Ireland. So they get a lot of um, either... Uh, puppies that didn't sell in a litter or I don't know maybe they've been kept for breeding and then it didn't work out I try not to think about it too much to be perfectly honest um so he ended up there and um uh we both always wanted a a wolfhound and kind of shaggy breeds are our thing really we've got our, our lovely lurcher grew um and so uh he popped up on facebook and i just thought wow uh I'll, i i could really help that boy because he was pretty shut down and a bit of a mess to be honest um i don't think he'd ever um experience kind hands or grooming or anything really um so basically i started a facebook page because i thought i don't know about you but you you start these things with your dogs even just little things like muzzle training and you think 
bugger why didn't I start that from the beginning because now <laughs> I've got to show my clients from a point that is stage three not stage zero so I yeah. thought I, I never expected it to get as popular as it has been and um, you know it's certainly not a, a vanity project I hope it doesn't come across like that oh, at no um, not at all it's because you kind of do almost daily videos isn't it and it kind of yeah. really shows that progress of obviously when I joined the page um, it, it was kind of already a few months into the journey so you yeah. kind of go back and and you watch those early videos and and it's wonderful because there's you, you don't without something off you don't share a lot of information in terms of why it's just it's a video there's some stuff going on if you read <laughs> the comments you can get a lot more insight or you can just watch it for what it is and then watching one of those early videos to watching him now sprawled out on his bed on his back <laughs> yeah, yeah. living the life of Riley it's, it's, it's a phenomenal change and then how you bring that experience into the books that you've you've covered as well it's just it's such a lovely tie-in to, to, oh. to anyone who does have a dog at, at home and like you say he isn't the only one in the household um you've got how many is it that i've got so he makes five so i've got a fish and mouse my little terriers who are growling around and squeaking behind me so sorry if they're in the background um and then we've got um the one and only original jack the dog um who is a collie our first dog as a couple um and then grew the the lanky lurcher so we've got a right mixed bag of dogs and i love it that way because they all kind of bounce off each other in different ways and they've taught me they've all taught me such different things and I get to you know with my handling working with different sized dogs and different temperament dogs is just amazing so they're they're a motley crew but they're they're our motley crew um and yeah I just uh I, I I guess with um with Drax's page it just if if a couple of people you know can look at it and think oh my goodness uh, I could try that or you know they're not meant to be instructional videos they're meant to just be a warts and all how I'm trying to bring this guy out of the depths of despair and into enjoying a, a happy life um, but the it's such a lovely network I mean you know what it's like on social media there's horrible stuff going on out there so it's nice to just be in a bit of a bubble it is and drax's bubble is a wonderful one to be in and that's that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a lot like um peaches and uh, and penny's bubble steve big peach <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so um our peaches uh we during lockdown we rehomed uh, uh a huge newfoundland um from the rspca um i don't think she she's had nothing along the lines of the trauma that Drax has had. I think she was just maybe a little bit, well, we don't, again, we don't know much in that barrel, but I think she was just a bit too much maybe for a family. I know they had, they had some kids and stuff, so I can imagine how much that may have, how difficult that could have been. Um, yeah, so um, we lost our older dog, Scooby, in January this year, which left a huge hole. I mean, like it always does for everyone. Um, Miss you, Scoops. Yeah, he was a beautiful, beautiful boy. And, and we were thinking we were going to think we just you know have a lot a big period of time before we we rehome but then uh, the pandemic hit and we started well first of all nat was trying to calm every dog off on us that she could i take no responsibility <laughs> told you this before <laughs> yeah well i it actually when nat calms down that's when we saw peaches so, um, <laughs> so it wasn't Nat's fault but um yeah so we saw that they had a new family at the rspca which is quite a you don't you don't really see, you know, new families don't get rehomed that often. Um, and we thought, wow, we're in quite a unique opportunity here to to give 
this dog a, a really good home and, and luckily the RSPCA agreed and um, yeah the rest is history we had um, a couple of meetings it was quite a unique experience sort of rehoming during lockdown but luckily enough Nat works really closely with the RSPCA in Stubbington um, so they were um, great weren't they yeah they were absolutely awesome and, and we were able to arrange some meetings in enclosed fields and and make sure that she got on with our little dog Penny. Um, and yeah, so then, yeah, the rest is history. We got her, um, um, yeah, but <laughs> funnily enough, um, the day after we got her, um, this was right in the midst of pandemic Britain, and we're coming out of it now, but the day after we got her, both myself and Corinne um, had a, a wee tickle, wee tickle in our throats. <laughs> And we thought, oh my God. So we self we rehomed a Newfoundland and then had to self-isolate for 14 days um, <laughs> after that while um, while she was going on. So yeah, that was a unique challenge. I'll be honest. <laughs> but she did really, really well. We basically, basically what we did, we split our house up. Um, and we decided that we were going to do the same, a similar thing like, um, like Nat's done with Drax. Um, uh, and, you know, Warts and all kind of Facebook thing. Again, you know, not, not for any other reason other than like Nat said, just let, put, it's kind of a put your money where your mouth is thing for me. She, mm. she was basically a huge puppy. Um, and, you know, so many people were going through all of the things that we were going through. That so She pulls on the lead. She jumps up. Yes, she jumps up. Um, you know, she chases squirrels. Um, and plus, the, what was important for me was the integrating the two dogs together um, and, and a realistic view of how long this is going to take. Because... Uh, Penny lived, uh, our little Jack Russell uh, lived with Scooby and it's quite a harmonious relationship but they were never like the best of buddies, they just had an understanding and every now and again they'd have a little play but Peaches is completely different, Peaches is well into Penny, um, she's well into a really sociable dog but she's just a calamity, you know, a big paws go everywhere, she's like, we call her Patrick like from Spongebob she's Patrick, <laughs> so that is her personality it's, it's down to a T, so she gets called Patrick more than she does Peter in our house. Um, so it's been a it's been a steep learning curve, I'll be honest. Um, and um, yeah, just the, 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 our house is still split up. So there's um, one. When I say our house is split up, it's, it sounds really drastic. But we've got like one side of our living room is cut off with a puppy pen, and we're very careful with sort of airlock systems. Of one dog goes out, one dog comes in, and just uh, I think just in the last two to three weeks it's hard every day feels like a Sunday at the moment doesn't it? but in the last two to three weeks they're really start so I'm happy now that they can walk together on the lead and they're getting really good at the mooching just mooching and sharing sniffs kind of side of things there hasn't been any sort of like really exciting like Peach would launch herself at the, at the big pen thing that we've got and make a clashing noise and Pen would be like what the hell that happened once or twice so we had to really seriously manage that um, and now, just now, so this is seven weeks in, we're starting to see the sort of fruits of all the hard work. And that's a, I think that's a big thing when, you, when you're a positive reward-based trainer, that idea that the things, I, so many people have said it on our podcast, actually, circling back, it's a nice little callback. Um, so, so many people have said it, like, trust what you are doing is working. Mm. That's one of the quotes, I can't remember who said it now, but, but it's one of the quotes that really sticks in my mind because you don't, you don't see it sometimes working on a day-to-day -day basis, but then one day you'll be like, oh, oh, wow, look, this is, this is a lot easier today, you know, and, and I'm really starting to see that with these guys at the moment, and that's it's fascinating, and it's brilliant. There's, there's challenges, I won't lie, but, um, but, you know, I'm up for it.
So yeah, um, it's been a really, really interesting process. It, it, it's it's amazing to watch, and I, I think it's it's a testament to both of you to to share that and put it out there because it is it is what and all. It isn't always perfect, and I think you can very easily get wrapped up in this world of instant perfection that mm-hmm. that's out there in in modern society. And dog training is not immune from that either. You see lots of things out there of perfect dogs and perfect interactions and perfect socialization, and real life isn't isn't like that. So to to have yourselves out there and and sharing that is is fab to watch and like you're saying in a world where there is a lot of rubbish on social media to have their little stories kind of running alongside that it's, it's a much nicer place to be but you um, might be able to hear right now that it might sound like there's bombs going off in the background but i think pete just got a frozen con <laughs> she's throwing it around in my kitchen <laughs> so around. i apologize greg if you're getting no no big, no it's all, it's all part of explosion in the background <laughs> I, I keep uh, there's a door behind me that i'm just waiting for the moment kind of springs open with mine kind of coming <laughs> to find out where the, where the dinner is and what's going on but um just um, um, as, as we're talking i'm actually just scrolling through uh, the the box and the bookshelf podcast and looking at some of the people that you've you've had on there which is phenomenal let's be honest guys i guess you, well we can't believe it either just... like we we get off the calls and we're like oh my god we just spoke to that person can you believe it it's amazing <laughs> and, and, and again obviously i know being in the, in the in the world of dog training obviously a lot of these names ring a bell to us but i know for joe public it won't but it doesn't take a, uh, much of a google search to kind of realize how big a deal having people like ken ramirez and uh, who else? I'm just trying to. I can't even read now. I'm scrolling so fast. Patricia, <laughs> Patricia McConnell, Jane yeah. Arden, Jean Donaldson, Azzy Todd, yeah. Aaron Wilde, Louise Ginman, probably really apt with a with a Penny Peaches situation. Uh, yeah, part of and, and that one for me was invaluable. I, I'm still referring back to that book in particular, The Art of Introducing Dogs, which actually out of a lot of the people that we've interviewed, I guess that book's probably one of the least. I don't want to do a disservice, but one of the least well-known ones, um, or one of a better expression, but absolutely fascinating book. It's brilliant. It's not a big book. And I like, so if you are, I'll, I'll throw a plug out. If ever anyone's thinking of introducing puppies, older dogs, anything like that, that book is fascinating. She is an absolutely fascinating. It's a brilliant uh, book. Yeah. I wish I had it when I got my latest rescue and, uh, and, and fell foul of some of the, the common mistakes I think we all fall foul of. And like you said, that, that book definitely just, easy to consume um as, yeah. as for anyone to, to if you if you are getting new dogs into the home and you've got existing ones it is it is fab but you, an easy you just, one to refer on as well to people to say like you know, yeah because it's an easy yeah like you say it's easy digestible it is absolutely but you've gone a step further now when you've got uh, am i going to get this right off the shelf series yeah. which kind of yes. runs alongside your so barks from the bookshelf obviously does the reviews and the interviews of, of obviously a particular book and uh, obviously with its author um obviously when they come out but you've now started the off the shelf series which kind of goes beyond that in terms of content so do you want to tell me a little bit more about that go on now all right well it was, it was your idea steve it was a brilliant idea and i think it maybe it was um we would have got to there anyway, but lockdown kind of helped because, um, you know, usually we'd record together, we'd go around and, um, you know, spend the evening together and, and record a podcast, which we then obviously couldn't do. And we just wanted to keep the momentum up where numbers were growing and people were interested in the podcast. And, you know, we are both massive advocates, as I know you are, Greg, of, of building a network and being supportive of our sector. And, you know, 
putting forward the importance of, of what we can offer as professional dog trainers and behaviorists and what better way to do that than talk absolute nonsense with our mates <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's it's such a lovely informal concept but it, it does really work because like i said that the people you've had on there is it's it just it just flows it works really well and i know steve um your better half corinne joins you for those ones as well uh, so again it's just, it's just a, a different dynamic it's a different type of conversation and it's and it, it, it does feel like a friendly chat in a pub. So when yeah. where the, the box from series kind of is a little bit more about a book, it's about a topic, it kind of dissects and, and kind of gets into the, into the weeds of the books a little bit more. The off-the-shelf series just feels like good mates having a chinwag, which is, again, it's probably a nice reprieve from, not that the box from bookshelf's heavy in any way, shape or form, but it, it is. It's, it's a nice way to, to talk, keep that momentum going about the generalised topic of, of, of dogs in all in all shapes, forms and sizes, but without having a, a specific title or topic in mind. And it is, it's just the way they complement each other. Again, for me as a as a as a fanboy gushing here as, as, a, as an avid <laughs> listener, but it's it does it, it totally works. And it is just that nice little way to to still consume it and still learn stuff, but without it feeling as 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 formal. I hate using the word formal because it's without any sound of disrespect. It's not a formal podcast, but it's it is such a lovely compliment. It works together. It's a fantastic reprieve for me for recording a podcast without having heart palpitations because so many of the people that we like, you know, talk about, you know, thrown in at the deep end. You know, our first episode was with Turid Rugas and yeah. Oh my god, oh my god. We were like ah I mean and yeah, I'm still like that. Every, it doesn't get any easier. So I get heart palpitations. I'm like, I'm, I'm furiously. I mean, I can tell I've still got some of them stuck. Like my process, we talked about this in one of our podcasts, but my process of the note writing is I've got bits of paper stuck all over my bookshelf, which is nothing like that bookshelf, by the way. A tiny bookshelf. Yeah, well, they're stuck there if you can find the sellotape. Usually you can't find the sellotape. So. Uh, has he bought you the Filofax yet, Nad? <laughs> so i've got my i've got my lovely notebook here look how neat this is look it's lovely yeah, it's got a little bow on it and it's got uh notes and a little little clipboard so i put i put my little notes in the book on the pages so i know where i'm going and then i have my questions and my notes are you a my, page my office does not look anything oh like god yeah i can't lend him a book because he'll fold a page well he knows not to now but i write in my books with borrow and that absolutely freaks out what 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 is that <laughs> you can't do that it's illegal <laughs> but yeah i so i have yeah i i mean we interviewed steve mann the other day and i remember right after the minute where press record i was really nervous and i've met steve a few times and i was just crazy nervous so the off the shelf series is it's just it is exactly what it says on the tin it's just like just a way of talking to people that are either friends professionals but people that are, you know and it's another way of talking to people that haven't put a book out as well obviously um but it's great it's really really relaxed and i, I you know one thing i've learned from listening to podcasts is i, I listen to a few really big podcasts and it's great when you when you like when you you see them downloading on your iTunes screen or whatever, and you think, oh look, oh they're interviewing I don't know whoever, you know, uh, Brian Cox, Brian Cox, brilliant, I love Brian Cox. But then you'll see another one, and you'll be like, who's this dude? I've got no idea. But you listen because you love the podcast, and yeah. quite often those ones are the more rewarding ones, the ones where you you're not going in because you've got a preconception of who this is about or a book they've written or anything like that, and. Yeah, so I guess that that was the idea. You know, there's so many people who've got so many interesting things, so many interesting stories, interesting things they do. You know, um, 
it's a way of promoting things as well. You know, let's be honest, you know, we all yeah, absolutely. promoting business and things along those lines. And yeah, it, it's been a real eye opener and just lovely. It's been really lovely. Everyone we've had on has been, you know, and, and, they, and we all go on and become great friends and, you know, it's warm and cuddly. It is. Definitely. I think we, we all need to stick together and it's a nice way mm. of doing it. So to put you on the spot, episode number one, mm-hmm. how, how did you pick Turid? How was it that that became to be number one? Was it just <laughs> responses and the first book that you both collectively read or how, how did it kind of fall in? Was it, was it just literally first come, first served? Or was it I a... Think- we made a list. Didn't yeah, we? we did make a list, and um, uh, neither of us have ever seen her uh, present at, at conferences that we might go to, or be on a podcast for that matter. She's very yeah, she's, uh, yeah. It was a bit of a coup, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, I, it was literally one of the first books that I had that kind. Of, you know, when you just you read something it doesn't always have to be an extensive book it can just be a quote sometimes and you just it really resonates with you and you think wow that's me that's like that's where I want to hang my hat that's my ethics that's how I feel about how I want to work with dogs and her book did that for me so and luckily we both felt the same way and and then she said yes it was just it was incredible it, it was it was a hell of a way to kick it off, guys. So yeah, you set the bar high. And you, it's you've still it there since. Still to this day, our most downloaded episode by a by a fair amount as well. So that that goes to show, I guess, like how often she, she does podcasts. And I, uh, Nat says that it really rung true with her. Listening to Turid was like listening to Nat. It was like that. That's what <laughs> Nat's going to be like when she's a bit older. Exactly. When I was listening, to it, I was just like, oh, it's just like listening to Nat. <laughs> but in a different country which is the biggest compliment i've ever had so i'll take that yeah, absolutely but it, i suppose that, that that does touch on kind of your last point steve in terms of like say there's there's names and there's people that you might not be familiar with or, or certainly aren't as prominent in in kind of the public eye whether that is in kind of the dog training world or just general public and uh so to have people like that on the show and to, to hear about their books to hear about their life and their history and their their passions and their ethos it is it, it's totally eye-opening the same here is again it was a name i'd heard but not it wasn't um a ken ramirez for me was one of the first mm. people i kind of really kind of latched onto as someone who i've kind of yeah. followed avidly so to, to hear a name that i'd kind of heard of but didn't really know a lot about yeah that, that's like say it got me hooked instantly because it was just someone who yeah th- there's not a huge amount of youtube videos out there of that particular person right. there's not a lot of conferences or speaking kind of workshops or anything like that so when you She's get like a, it's like, like a myth yeah, <laughs> she, yeah, is. Was, she is like uh, just Oh, she's amazing, but I, I won't go on and on. But I think <laughs> also what you're maybe, feeling now, Nat, is what I feel. Yeah, I just oh, it was you know we live in an age where there has to be a label and a bell and a whistle and a concept and a game and a this and a that for it to be fashionable. I think we talked about it in the podcast. Didn't it's we? a fascinating yeah. passage, actually. That, that and, rings um, true. Yeah. And she's just, she's just a lovely level constant of this is dogs, this is what they need. And we both came away like we'd been on some like yoga retreat. <laughs> we were so <laughs> just relaxed, a zen, we? zen utopia yeah. of her. We like floated down the stairs. It was brilliant. <laughs> I know, I know we've talked about this before, Greg, but the, um, we, when we talked about the use of long lines, her um, 
uh, idea of the smiling leash. I don't know if you know that, yes, but yeah, yeah, she's yeah. got like a Facebook group and it's all about smiling leash. So, so keeping that lead loose with the smile in it. And I, um, I went for a walk in the new forest today and that was, that was on my mind then, even from, you know, oh. that was back in January, I think. And it's really stuck with me. That. And, you know, and she, I think she's been the most, uh, talked about person by the other people on the podcast. And I get a bit geeky about this, but it always pricks my ear. Pricks my eyes. <laughs> um, uh, when, uh, when I hear people talk about other people that have been on the podcast, I think Patricia McConnell's been mentioned by a few as well. Um, but sure, has been mentioned by a fair, yeah, a lot, a lot. So, you know, I think she, her stamp on the world of dog training is huge, but she's not very well known, which is, yeah, yeah. it's a weird one. And, and I think that link is, is really powerful as well, because again, it it kind of talks to the authors, to the, the, the types of kind of subjects and topics that, that are covered in the books, but that, that ethos and that kind of um, way of training that obviously from, from all the guests that you've had on, that is constant. It, it's always the same. So even though they might have different specializations and different views on certain topics, the way that we, we kind of live and work and, and kind of kind of coach and teach our dogs to live with us, that is constant throughout. So again, is it, for me listening to it, it's not kind of um, kind of hypocritical. There's no conflicting information with that. It's each book. It's the the experts and the, and the authors that you get on it. It just flows. And even with your own kind of your own work and your own styles of training because it's all in that same ethos, all in that same vein, it's, it's lovely to listen to. And, and again, it just, for me, drives that passion to buy the book because it's a, mm. it's another string to the same bow. I don't have to go and buy yeah. 10 different bows now to train my dog. It's the same bow. It's just different bits that I just keep adding to yeah. it and get better and better and better. And that for me is, is wonderful because it's so many times you go out there and even, you know, now with dog training, you do, there's, there's so much information out there. There's so much conflicting information as well, depending on styles and techniques and what you want to do, the good, the bad and the ugly. And it's, to have a place that's, for me, trusted, you you get the people on there, you talk about the books and you talk about things. And like I said, the expertise and the, the subject matter specifically might change, but the practical application all the way through it is is, is fairly yeah. consistent in terms of the ethos. It's, it's, it's yeah, it just makes it so much easier to, to consume and, and to enjoy as a listener. And so many of our guests have also been re-relaxed in terms of like, you know, classic, the Ken Ramirez one, it's, it's, it's all behavior. Uh, that quote is, it's like these things aren't, none of it's particularly rocket science, but it, it, but it, you know, you, you apply it and you, and then you see the results and then, you know, it's, it's, I've, I've really enjoyed that about everyone that's come on and talked there. They're just kind of like light and breezy, like, you know, you're doing the best with the tools you have at the moment kind mm -hmm. of attitude. And, you know, we can always learn more. Of course we can always learn more, but you know, I think when we're dog owners, sometimes we get really stressed really quickly. You know, like I like we were talking about my squirrel incident when we like being pulled up. I quite, you know, that wasn't a nice experience for me. I looked around to see if there's any local people that might have identified the local dog trainer being pulled towards a victory. Um, but I, you know, it can, it can be stressful sometimes. Yeah. Good, dog. Yeah. It can be a challenge, and you don't know, and so you can't see the wood for the trees. Because also, another thing that's come up a lot is you you love these you love these animals that share a house of you and the one when you've got that emotional connection with them as well things like training and like going down like the science-based route and that you know it can be difficult and if i've learned one thing it's just to try and relax trust that what you're doing is working and just keep just keep going you know there'll be good days there'll be bad days um there'll be days when you want to give up there'll be the best days of your life 
and yeah, it, 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 all, it all melds into one. It certainly does. And guys, I'm conscious that the sun has finally set off off Nat's face, um, <laughs> which I think is, uh, is probably <laughs> which is, is probably a great time for us to, to wrap this up. So a huge thank you for me for for, for joining me on the on the Wolfing Possum podcast. Uh, I highly recommend Barks from the Bookshelf to to anyone and everyone I see. But um, hand it back to you guys. Where can people find more about you personally? Um, obviously about the amazing dogs that we talked about and last but not least the podcast well I live at number 21 now uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so but we have a Facebook page don't we now um, yes. Barks in the Bookshelf on Facebook um, find us the, the podcast is anywhere you can find podcasts um, uh, yeah so if you if you want to join the, I, I like our Facebook group because there's little conversations and we ask people if they want to um, put questions on there and bits and bobs like that and it's a nice yeah sorry about that <laughs> no, you're, you're the, at least I guarantee there's one a week yeah we can always rely on you Greg it's great never, I've told, I've never stop don't, Greg please don't stop I've told you change my name it, it's fine. No, I'll take a <laughs> yeah. we, we did we were going to call you Patricia Gregerson <laughs> I, I'll go with that that's fine I've, again, I've been called worse <laughs> but that's it that's what it's all about though isn't it you know what I mean like I you know, I, I listen to your podcast, it's absolutely awesome. You listen to ours, and you know, long may these things continue. Yeah, it's a good community we've got going. So, exactly. thank you so much for having us on. Yeah, mate, a, an absolute oh, pleasure. No, share so share the love for, around, for yeah. Definitely. Um, I will post links, obviously, not only to the podcast, but to Drax, um, his Galactic Adventure page, as well as obviously uh, Penny and the Giant Peaches page. Yeah. Um, and also, I will put on, um, obviously, your, your own details as well, obviously, so people can check you out as well at thank Good Old you. Dog Training and, uh, and Nat Dogs. But, guys, thank, thank you. you so much for joining me on Wolf and Possum Podcast, and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you, mate. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, guys, there we go. The amazing Steve and Nat from Barks from the Bookshelf. Uh, need I say more? I'm sure you picked up from that the just how amazing they are, the banter they have between them. Their knowledge is phenomenal. So, yeah, I, again, I'm going to stop gushing. Head on over to wherever you get your podcasts and check out Barks from the Bookshelf. The link is in the show notes. Their pages are on the show notes as well. Highly recommend checking out Drax's Galactic Adventure and also Penny and the Giant Peaches page fabulous dogs fabulous to watch how they're integrating into families how they're learning how they're training lots of amazing stuff guys definitely worth checking it out so head on over to your social media and go and find them but until next time take it easy enjoy the good weather if you've got it and we'll see you soon for episode number nine